Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How many of you guys uh, enjoy traveling? A couple people do, a couple people do, okay. Um, my wife definitely enjoys traveling. We don't travel a whole lot, but she, like, she, she loves too. She's got plans uh, too. We're currently trying to plan a vacation. How long have we been trying to plan that for? Like six months now, a year, a year. That's what's been going on. So there's lots of planning that's going involved into it. Um, other than our honeymoon, I don't think we've actually gone on a vacation We've told people we've gone on a vacation. We just kind of huddled in our house and acted like we weren't home. Did a little staycation. That was fun. Uh, but uh, my wife loves to travel. Me, not so much. You know, I'm, I'm uh, one of these guys called a homebody, right? Uh, my wife likes to go on trips. She would love to go on a trip. Um, I like to go on trips as long as it's a fishing trip. Um, but other than that, man, I, I love where I call home. Uh, I love, you know, I've, I've grown up in Volusia County. I was born and raised in Volusia County. I hope to grow old in Volusia County, and one day uh, I'll be even buried in Volusia County or something like that, and I'm okay with that. I just, uh, you know, Brandon and I, when we were in Bible college, we went all around the country, went all around the world, and there's just something about coming back home that I loved. I don't like going on trips so much. But anyways, in that getting old thing and staying in Volusia County, I'm sure my wife is going to take me on trips in between all that, and, uh, and I'm excited for that as well. But, um, you know, this idea of trips, it can be one of those things that is, uh, can be thrilling, right? The idea of going on a trip, a big trip to come, can be pretty thrilling, thrilling or it can be uh, kind of tormenting, right? The idea of uh, going to, like, uh, Fiji or something like that with your family, all expenses paid. You know, how many of you guys would lose sleep the night before going on that trip, right? You'd be okay with that? But uh, traveling with all your brothers and sisters in a minivan driving from Florida to North Dakota, you're, you're going to lose sleep, but it ain't going to be thrilling, right? It's going to be kind of tormenting. You're going to want to make sure the iPads are charged on that one. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that when it comes to trips, it can be thrilling or it can be tormenting. Um, but uh, I think for, uh, for the most of us, um, it, it would probably be uh, the beginning. But it, uh, that launches me off into the beginning of this Christmas story, or the next part of this Christmas story that we've been talking about, uh, which is the birth of Jesus. You know, when it comes to uh, this type of trip, it reminds me of the, uh, the very first uh, trip that uh, Mary and Joseph had to embark on themselves. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it, it talks about uh, right before uh, Mary and Joseph have actually, they've become uh, married, or I think they're, uh, his, it's her fiance, but uh, there's something that happens where they have to leave Nazareth where they're at and go to a different part of the country. And uh, at Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it says this. It says, at the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral town to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go back to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ascendant, or which was David's ascendant's home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee 
he took with him Mary, who, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. Now, um, I, uh, I feel a little bit of tension anytime I go on a trip, uh, but none more whenever I had to go on a trip when my wife was pregnant with our son, Benjamin. Uh, and even like little trips, man, I remember like we would go to like Port Orange Target and between our house and Port Orange Target, we'd have to stop and have a potty break about five times. You know, it was not, it was not easy to, to go traveling with a pregnant woman. Andy, what do you think? I mean, am I telling the truth or what? Come on. So it's not, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's a tough, tough time. Um, and so when I started to do some research on the distance between uh, Nazareth and Bethlehem, it's like 87 miles, which is, I mean, what, how far is Jacksonville from here? That's got to be somewhere close, right? St. Augustine, Jacks, Jacksonville area. And it wasn't like in a Dodge Caravan, right? It was on a, a mule. It was on a, a donkey. And so the idea of having to travel with your soon-to-be wife who's, who's pregnant, which there's tension in that story just in itself, Plus, you got her on this donkey, which I'm sure does not have a nice, sweet air ride suspension system, right? It's bouncing all around and having to take potty breaks. Man, this must have taken them a year or so. This was a tough, tough, tough trip, 87 miles. It wasn't easy. Anyways, in Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, it communicates that, that they finally got there. It says, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him, in, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So pretty much they had this 87-mile trip where Joseph was supposed to have an Airbnb set up and ready to go, and he didn't check his reservation, and they show up to Bethlehem, and guess what? Everything is completely filled up. And here's Mary about ready to give birth, and they have to go into what would be a barn or a stable. And as she gives birth to the Christ, the Son of God, she puts him into a manger. Something that maybe might have looked something similar to what the graphic is on the screen, but definitely not that pretty. Because you got to think in those times, like that was the place where animals slept Right? That was where animals uh, used the bathroom and everything else. And that was not a clean, clean place, you know. Um, my wife, Erica, she had the uh, opportunity to experience a home birth uh, this uh, couple weeks ago, like maybe three weeks ago. She said it was one of the most beautiful things she ever saw. Everything was clean, and baby was born into this, uh, you know, this beautiful home, and the parents are so incredibly happy. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, something that would be tense is if it's not at home and you've got to do it in a barn where pigs and everything else are around, right? That would kind of create some tension. And so of this entire story, that this entire time of what Mary and Joseph have had to go through, there's, there's got to have been some tension with it because the, they're, they're not married, right? They, they know that this baby has come from God, but not, God didn't tell everyone else. It just told, he just told them. And on, to, on top of that, they had to go into this long, tough trip. And then when they got there, things didn't work out the way that they, that they thought they would. I've got to think that, that in the middle of this time, in the middle of this, this trip they're going on, in the middle of this, this journey of their life, there's time where they wish they could have just a little bit more hope of what was to come. They, at some point they were, they were holding on to it. They were holding on to what the angels said. But man, wouldn't it be great for just a little bit more hope 
in their time in their journey. In Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 7, it says this. It says, while they were there, or sorry, I just read that, didn't I? It's the next one. It says uh, in Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 2, it says that uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of, the king, of king Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and have come to worship him. And continue on in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, it says, The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it comes to uh, us experiencing hope in our lives, um, many of us today, we connect well that we are on a journey, right? I, I know I can see back from my past uh, that I've had uh, times where situations have come up and life has been tough and it has not been easy uh, and I've needed hope in, in my own journey and the, the story that, Jesus, that, that God is writing inside of me. But sometimes I wonder when it comes to hope in our journey or hope in the journey, when, what is our opportunity to provide hope for people in their journey? What is our opportunity to, to provide hope in, in, in the journeys that are be written in the world that's around us, in our neighbors' lives, in our, our co-workers' lives, and the people that work for us? What does it look like for us to provide, provide hope and, and, and give hope in the journey uh, to the people that we call family? I think in this situation, uh, we see that God clearly gave these wise men the means to be able to provide hope. And they took the initiative and followed what they felt like they were being led to do. And I can't help but think as they present these gifts, this, these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to what would be the king of kings and, and the, the son of God. As they present him into this, in, in this barn, in this place where these animals are, uh, are it's a place of, of filth as he's starting this humble beginning here comes God and he shows up and he provides through other people hope in the journey. And I can't help but think that in this Christmas season that we live in, in this time, that maybe today we are given the opportunity to be the hope in the journey of the people that are around us for what they're dealing with, for what they're dealing with. The people that are having a tough time in their journey, that are, there's tension going on, their family is in chaos, they're trying to make room uh, in their house, you know, they got two bedrooms, two baths, they got family coming in and stuff like that. Life is getting tough. But today, in this season of giving, we have an opportunity to give hope in the journey through Christ Jesus. And that's what my challenge is for us today, that we would do that, that we would take a step out and we would think, you know what? When it comes to us, we would accept that challenge. After these uh, wise men dropped off these, this gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, the story didn't stop there. The journey didn't even stop for them, for, uh, for, Matthew, or for, um, for Mary and Joseph. 
In the book of Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, we read this. It said, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, flee to Egypt where the ch- with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return. Because Herod, which was the, the, the wicked king of that day, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt and with the child and Mary and his mother. And so we see here that now, and we would read later on that uh, the journey didn't stop even with the birth of Jesus. It didn't stop even after uh, this uh, initial gift of hope for the journey that they were on. The journey still continued. The story still had to be written. And so an angel of the Lord tells Joseph, get your family and go to Egypt. And we see that from from, uh, where they were to Egypt was something like 100 miles. And so they had to travel 100 miles to go to where they were, and now they have to travel another 100 miles. Now here's the thing, to, to do all that, it takes, it, it takes something, right? Joseph was a carpenter. Uh, he wasn't a very wealthy man. It, uh, some uh, translations said that he, he might have been uh, some, type of, some type of builder, but he was, he was a workman. And so here Joseph's got to figure out, how do, I, how do I go to this next step of what God is telling me to do? I can't help but think that as, as he remembers just a few days before or a few minutes before, hours before, these wise men bringing him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these very valuable items, this, this hope for the journey that they just came from, he realized it's actually providence, it's provision for the journey that is to come. For many of us today, you know, we see friends and family going through tough times, and we have the opportunity through love and through giving of our time and our talents and our treasure to, to those around us to, to give them hope for the future of what's ahead. As they see Christ through us and us uh, being selfless, it's an opportunity for them to experience hope in their journey, but it's also maybe you taking that opportunity gives them opportunity, gives them uh, provision and provides for the journey that is ahead of them. Maybe the kind words that you say or maybe the things that you do, maybe dropping off groceries or watching, uh, doing free babysitting or something like that or helping your neighbor uh, cut their hedges or rake up some leaves or paying a, an electric bill for someone. You don't know how that might have such a positive impact on their lives for the journey that is ahead of them. I think that today, for me, man, I want to experience hope for the future in my life. But I also know that there's people around me that God will put me in their place so that they can experience hope. It means me giving, taking of the gifts things they've given me and give to those around me. And so what are those ways? What are those ways that we can give to those people around us? Uh, I believe that uh, some of the semblance can come, or some of the understanding can come just from the gifts that were given uh, to to Jesus and to Mary and Joseph uh, from the wise men. The first one uh, was the gift of gold. Now it would be it would be easy to say, okay, gold is valuable. Gold is gold is a treasure, right? Okay, we can give financially to people around us. But as I as I started to look into uh, the the meanings or the the symbolism behind what gold is, gold is valuable, very valuable. Uh, but it's also something that takes a long time to get together and to gather and to, to purify and to put it in a form that can actually be, be used for anything. 
I've, uh, I, I love watching the Discovery Channel. Anybody like the Discovery Channel? I don't know why. It's like, man, it's like crack for me. I'm just like, I get stuck in for like an hour or something. Anyways, um, I watch a show called Gold Rush. I think it's, it's called Gold Rush. It's these guys up in Alaska, and they're, you know, using heavy equipment and excavators and stuff like that. And they'll work all week long, like 10 guys in these big, heavy pieces of machinery. And at the end of it, what you see after 10 guys working with tons of machinery, what you see is this small amount of gold dust that they've gathered, that, that they've gathered together and then they'll purify and it'll take time to do that. And, they'll put, and then finally it can be made and put into something that is useful. But there's so much time that is put in to making and purifying and, and, and mining, mining gold. And that's with machinery. I'm sure back in the day it, was, it took way more time than that. I think one of the gifts that we can give in the season of giving is time to those people around us. Time to our family, time to the people. Uh, man, sometimes I understand there's people in our lives that are hard to talk to and listen to. But man, the gift of time and just sitting there and listening could be exactly what they need. Maybe they just need some, some time to vent. For some of us, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's time just uh, uh, just sharing love to them and giving them words of affirmation to help them. I think that could be hope in their journey. The second thing that uh, we can give, the first thing we can give is our time. The second thing that we could uh, uh, give is our talents. Um, you know, the, the second gift that was given by the wise men was this thing uh, called frankincense. And frankincense is actually harvested from a tree, but if you were to see the tree that it was harvested from, it looks like crazy. It's got thorns coming all over it, and it's, it's pretty gnarly. And to actually to harvest it, like, you've got to put in some serious work, otherwise you could get hurt. It takes a, a whole lot of talent uh, and time in that, of that talent to hone in and to figure out how to harvest this specific sap that then later on can be turned in to frankincense. And I can't help but think that of the talents that are in our lives. I've got a f- good friend uh, in my life. His name is Dave. Dave's a plumber in town. And, uh, man, I don't know how many times in the past couple weeks I've called him and and. I mean, he's a professional plumber. He doesn't have to give me any, any information whatsoever, but I'll ask him, say, hey, man, I've, you know, I've got uh, something going on here, or I can't, you know, I can't figure this out. Could you just give me an idea of what I should do? I mean, that guy will give me you know, 15, 20 minutes, no problem, and tell me exactly what he thinks I should do or tell me the next steps, just giving away of his talent. Sometimes us allowing people to get hope in their lives for the journey that's ahead of them it means as us using our talents and helping them. I know we've got people here today that are CPAs, and we've got people here uh, today that are, that are realtors, and people here today that are, um, you know, I almost called you health nut, which that would be uh, not to offend you. Uh, you know, someone that is, you, you advocate for, for healthiness. You know, there's, there's talents in this room. There's musicians in this room. There's people that are drywallers and, and masons. What does it look like in this season for us to use the talents that God has given us to help those that are less fortunate, to help those around us? And ultimately, even to, to use that time, those time, that time and, and those talents as a gift to God, to say, God, you've given this to me. I'm going to use this so that people know that you're here, you're alive and well, and that they have hope for the future that is ahead. 
The last thing that we can give is, is our treasure. That's, that's of finances. Myrrh, uh, the last thing that was given uh, to, to the Lord, uh, there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was a very fine, very expensive spice. It was something that would have been uh, very rarely used because of how expensive it was, and it actually had a lot to do with uh, uh, people when it came to embalming and at the end of their life. It was an ingredient that was used, but it was incredibly, incredibly valuable. And these wise men lay it at the Lord's feet and say, this is for you. For many of us, man, uh, I know we, some of us don't have a whole lot of money. We don't have a whole lot of treasure. But you know what? I, I don't think it matters the amount. Because the people that God will put in our path, I promise you, it, it will mean the world. For some of us today, we have the opportunity to, to help out our neighbors, to help out the people around us by financially chipping in and helping them with something. Here's the thing. What happens when we turn around and we give and, and we decide to be hope in the journey, when we decide to let God use us in these ways of giving of our time and our talents and our treasure, it sounds a lot like, like something's coming out of us, like something's being taken away from us. And even as humans, especially Americans today, we understand the idea of my, what's mine is mine. You can ask my little two-year-old about that, right? He runs around with Buzz Lightyear, and, and my daughter tries to pull it away from him. He says, mine, mine. You know, he loses his mind about it. But the truth is, there's like scientific studies that are proven that as we give and as we're generous, as we help those around us, those are, are, are less fortunate, as we help those that, that we love, as we give of our time, talent, our children, we actually become healthier. We actually experience more peace and more joy in our lives. It's not even something just science has proven. Jesus said it himself. We read about in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says this. He said, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said this. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know what blessed means? Blessed means better. It is better for you to give than it is for you to receive. The things that you get out of giving is more than what it is of you actually giving. We experience this our own selves uh, mostly just in this Christmas season, but it should be beyond it. should be beyond it. Many of us uh, are, are fathers and mothers today, and we, uh, we know the joys of being able to give uh, to our little ones, uh, presents, things that they uh, want or would like. And, uh, man, I can't remember, I, I don't think there's anything that Olivia or Ben could give to me right now that I would just be overly joyed about. You know, she draws pictures and stuff like that. I'm like, man, it's so sweet. You know, it breaks my little heart. But there's nothing that they could actually give me that I would be. But to see their little faces... When, they, when I'm able to give to them, man, it does so much inside of me. I promise you that if you will be the hope for the journey that is in the, the, the life of the people around you, it will make you better. It will make you feel better. You'll feel great about it. You will experience peace and joy like, like you can't have right now. It's a peace and a joy that things cannot fill. But it only happens if you'll allow Jesus 
to work through you, and you can be the hope in the journey. Today, with everybody head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, uh, if you're here today and uh, you say, Brian, I'm, I'm going through a journey myself, uh, and I need some, I need some hope. I, I'm not feeling a whole lot of hope in it. Uh, I'm in a dark place. I'm, in, I'm dealing with some stuff that I haven't really talked to people about, that I'm, uh, I'm embarrassed to talk to people about, and, but I need Jesus to show up in my life and give me hope for the journey that I'm going through. If that's you today, I just want you to slip up a quick hand and put it right back down. No one's looking. It's just between me, you, and God. I'm going to pray for you here in a second. If you're here today and you say, Brian, I want to accept the challenge to help bring the hope that is Jesus Christ into the world around me and to, be ho- to bring hope in the midst of people's journey. I want to accept that today. If you want to be hope in the journey to the people that are around you, why don't you raise a hand up and put it right back down. You're just saying, Jesus, I accept the challenge you've given me. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Jesus, you've seen all the hands that have been raised up all over this place. People saying that they will step out and share the love that is you to the world around them. God, I pray that you would open up our eyes and our hearts spiritually to see specifically where we need to step in and help out uh, the people that we can love on, the people that we can uh, share with our time, our talent, and our treasure. And ultimately, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless us and, and, and let that be a culture that we cultivate in our own homes, in our own families, in our own church. God, that we would give of what you have given us. We thank you for all that you're going to do. God, for the people that raise their hand today and surrender, they need hope in their journey. Right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would settle upon them, that they would start to see clearly, that they would experience peace in what they're going through. God, that they would continue to sing that song throughout the week, that, that we know that what the enemy meant for evil you're going to turn around for good. We're proclaiming that in our lives, and we're thanking, for you. we're thanking you in advance for it. Have your way here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Hey, before we leave today, uh, I want to do something uh, just a little bit different, and it's going to take us over time, and I apologize. Normally we try to stick to right at, uh, right at an hour here at Coastline. Uh, and today, um, you're probably not going to beat the Baptists to lunch, but this should only take maybe five, five to seven minutes. I'll keep it, I'll keep it quick. Uh, but this is specifically for people that would call Coastline Church home. And so if you're here today visiting, man, we're so thankful that you came and you visited. And I hope that you want to uh, be a part of Coastline. If there's anything I can do to help get you connected, please let me know. Uh, but uh, as we talk about the future and what's ahead, uh, man, I don't want you to feel any type of obligation uh, for what's going on. Uh, but there is joy, some, some really exciting things uh, that we can talk about for here in the future. Just a couple weeks back, uh, I preached a message talked about, talking about the vision for 2020. January is just around the corner, uh, and we've got some big plans for what's going to happen here at Coastline. Uh, we're really excited for kind of what God's given us, the, the vision for 2020 and the expansion uh, that, we're going to be, uh, that we're going to be doing. And so today we're kicking off uh, an end-of-the-year giving initiative uh, called Give Hope. Uh, and we're specifically going to, to this week and for the next four weeks as we go through the end of the year, uh, we're going to be uh, challenging people to uh, give 
what God has put on their heart, what God has challenged them, or what God has led them to give uh, in hopes of providing for the journey that is ahead in 2020. We're really excited. We talked about already uh, for in the beginning, the very beginning of the year that we're going to launch a couple of different things in ministries. The first one being uh, a middle school ministry that's going to be meeting here on Sunday mornings uh, here at New Smyrna Beach High School while we're meeting. We've had this incredible influx coming out of a fantastic children's ministry that we have of what are now middle schoolers. And we've provided in the past a, a high school ministry, but nothing for middle schoolers. And so we're currently right now uh, putting together the pieces and getting the curriculum together. And it, it means part of what we're going to have to do here on a Sunday is rent an extra bit of space that middle schoolers can meet in. But we've already got something like 12 middle schoolers that we're going to be able to, to launch with and that they're going to be able to learn about Christ and what uh, uh, Jesus means to them on their level in a, in a safe, fun environment, uh, not, uh, that, not, that, not just here in this main, uh, this main meeting space. I know if uh, that hadn't been for for what I, if that, if that had not happened to me when I was that age, if I hadn't learned uh, at that age group, man, uh, I, prob- I might not be here today. So I think it's incredibly important to continue to help teach them and connect them uh, with their own peers and help them talk and understand about what Jesus has got going on in their lives. So we're going to be starting that here at the beginning of this next year. Um, uh, we're also going to be uh, pushing for at the uh, beginning of this next quarter of renting an actual physical space here in New Smyrna Beach. Uh, it's not going to be a, a meeting space for Sunday, uh, but it's going to more, more be like a common space. Uh, right now we're looking at a place somewhere between uh, 1,200 and 2,000 square foot uh, that we could have small groups meet in throughout the week, uh, that we can do counseling sessions in throughout the week, uh, that we can have our staff meet and our board meet when they've got meetings, that we can do circle groups in. We've got, uh, we've got families that would love to do circle groups together, uh, but it's really tough to make sure that you have everything in your house taken care of and then, and then have your house clean and have all these people with their kids show up and mess it up in just about an hour and a half. Uh, and so we're looking to try to provide a space uh, where we can do small groups on uh, a greater level than what we have been doing right now, and that where community can be built. Uh, we'd love for one day that space to turn into a place that can actually have some community stuff happen during the week, uh, like maybe a, a light coffee shop or something where people can come in and you know have free internet and stuff like that and connect with some of the staff uh, and just uh, just be able to to be heard on what's going on in their life. Um, you know, Eric and I could sit here and talk about time and time again of counseling sessions we've done at a coffee shop uh, where people's lives are just falling apart. And it's so tough to try to have those, those conversations that shouldn't be done in public in a public space. And so we'd love to be able to have a place where we could close a door just for a few minutes uh, with a couple and help them with their marriage or help them with their financial situation or whatever they've got going on. And so here in this next quarter, we're looking to do that uh, here at Coastline Church. Also, right now, uh, our youth ministry has been not had a space to meet in. We've uh, used a, another church's space for a little bit, and then that didn't work out. Uh, and now we've been kind of using, uh, partially using uh, another community space down the way. And things are just incredibly, incredibly nomadic for them. We'd love to have a place where youth can meet regularly in a safe place every Monday or Friday night uh, and, and really learn about Christ on their level. Second thing, or third thing that we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be upping our missions giving here in 2020. 
Uh, right now we give about 10% uh, of whatever comes in at uh, Coastline. It gets turned right around and given to six different uh, missionaries, both here uh, nationally as w- or here locally as well as uh, internationally. We've got three international and three local. Um, and that comes out somewhere to the tune of, uh, I think this year we're, we're projected to give right over $35,000 for 2019, which, which is a huge deal. Uh, and so that means thousands of dollars every week or every month are, uh, are coming out of Coastline from what you give uh, to go help these people uh, that are in need, these missionaries. We've got missionaries in Indonesia. We've got missionaries in Costa Rica. We've got missionaries in Haiti. Uh, and we've got local uh, missions and organizations that are effectively helping out Southern Volusia County here today. And so we're going to up that from 10% this year to 12% coming into this next year, which is a really, really big deal. So the grand total for what we're trying to raise here and just this, this, the, through the end of this month is something like $60,000. Now, it's a big number. It's a huge number. But I believe that God can make it happen. I, can, I believe in it because I've seen it happen. When we launched Coastline Church, we said, you know what, we've got to raise $40,000 in the next two to three months to be able to do this. And as God placed it on people's hearts, we had the money raised in just a little over two weeks. And so I know what God can do in two weeks, he can do in four weeks, no problem. And so this is my challenge for you. Today, we've already taken the offering. We're not going to ask you to take another offering. But I would ask that this week you go home and you pray with your wife, you pray with your family, and see what God puts on your heart to help provide for the vision of what God has called us to in the journey that is ahead in 2020. I'm excited for it. Man, we, the, the staff and I have been praying about it uh, for the past couple months. We've been putting this vision together, and we're excited for what Coastline is going to turn into here this next year as our church continues to grow and affect this area for Christ. I want to ask that you would be a part of it. As you pray about this, know that it's not just all financial. Remember, you can give of your time, you can give of your talent, you can give of your treasure. I want to challenge you to pray about those things here in this next couple weeks as we continue to pursue the vision that God has for us in 2020. If you guys are okay with that, uh, I'm going to pray for us. Uh, I would ask that you agree with me in prayer as we pray about what's happening here in this next year. Uh, I'm excited for it, and I believe so much the best is yet to come. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for the humble beginnings of where we came from, for how we started, and I, I thank you that we can look behind us and see how you showed up every step of the way. I pray that today as we look towards this next year in 2020, as we go on to celebrate our our third year here in Southern Volusia County, God, I pray that you would open up doors that have been closed. God, that you would show us the things that that we could be doing better, the things that, that you would want us to be doing. God, I pray that you would close doors that need to be closed. And I thank you for what is ahead. I thank you that we have become a place where people can come and comfortably hear about you and connect with you and worship you. And I pray that would continue to happen on a grander scale for your kingdom and for your honor. I thank you so much for what the future holds. I believe that the best is yet to come. Jesus, in everything, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.